What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Still in the basement, no longer alone, with my homegirl Therese on the microphone. Music politics are just chatting it up. Brunch in the basement, see that's what's up. You never know who might run through. Legendary artists or someone brand new. You miss a lot when you miss one day. At least that's what I heard somebody say. But it doesn't really matter what whoever says. It's always a good show with Javon and Therese. Yeah. Brunch in the basement with Javon and Therese. Yeah. Who we got today or what we doing today or whatever it is, it's going to be good.
Hi, this is CC Tennyson, and finally, yeah, you're listening to Brunch in the Basin with my girl, Jill Vaughn.
Hi, this is Ann Nesby, and you're listening to Brunch in the Basement with Javon Armstrong.
Everybody, it's your girl Monifa, and you are listening to Brunch in the Basement with Javon.
Hi, this is Robinette, and you're chilling with us in the basement. Robinette and Javon, what's your question? Proof is power, that I can conquer anything, anything. Feeling stronger by the hour. I'm amazed at the strength you give me. I can't remember a time when you weren't there for me. Holding my hand as I battle to be free. You dried my tears, helped me through my fears. You were my greatest enforcer. And you were my hardest supporter. And when it seemed like life was getting the best of me, it was your love and your faith that made Because 
I don't know why, but um, I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make it do what it do, baby. You know, actually, as you know, today is the first day that we're going to go live from the brunch in the basement with Javon and Therese Page. So I'm trying to pull that up right now. But tell me what you've been going on, you know, what you've been doing, what you've been up to this week. Oh, man, this week has been a busy week. But mostly this week has been trying to, and I'm sure like I'm not the only one by virtue of the fact of how I acquired this. I'm struggling with a little bit of a cold here that's kind of, a, you know, just uh, staying overdue, in other words. So I've been kind of battling that out and, and um, getting things in order, plugging away at, you know, just a few projects that we have on that I will build up and discuss um, at a later date. But it's been that, you know. I know this morning we had a, uh, and I'll share this <laughs> to share an insider just a minute we had a little a text back and forth about doing the live today and i said oh one of the things went off my head I'm like, you don't want to see me live today all right buckets all right all right <laughs> Not buckets, so that was hilarious i'm just saying i'm just saying so um I, I got the live feed up, so um, let's see how it works. I have to figure out how to share. You know, I would love to share it on my regular page and on the, you know, my personal page and the uh, in the basement with Javon and Therese page, as well as Instagram. And I think what I should have done was do it from Instagram. On like a mobile screen, yeah, something like that. But you know what? Everybody have patience with me. This is the first time we're making it do what it do this way. Trying to do something a little different so that we can get more people. Let's see if um if we even get you know the usual people because really by now um this thing would have already been filled up. So we we just gonna have to be patient with it, um, and see see what happens. So if you're looking at this live video for the first time, this is brunch in the basement with Javon. My name is Javon. On the line we have Therese, and at noon, Alternate is going to join us, the legendary. And um, I did. Yeah, cause you're free. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> You know, that's she's, like you know, a big, big song. Still crazy, right? And yeah, who knows? Yeah. She's like, a, she's a DJ and all that. You know, it's just crazy. But now, what I want to do, what I like to do, and oh, you know what? I'm gonna have to pull up. Good morning, good morning, Sherry Brank. Finally, you catch me. Yes, and please share the video. Share the video. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull up. I, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to cheat a little bit and pull up my regular page on another computer, right? And I, I'm just talking my way through this. Probably I shouldn't be talking about it 
um, as I'm doing it because I sound crazy to anybody who's listening and streaming, right? So I don't know. But I'm sorry that you're not feeling well, Rez. You know, it, it is that it is that season. Yeah, I want to get to the birthday shout-outs. I want to do that first, but I, I need to be on my regular page to do that. So I think I got it up. I'm gonna play a song. I, let me just let me just do this and, and let me talk about this really really briefly. Um, Shaka Khan. I have yeah. to go back to Shaka Khan. It's always about Shaka Khan with me. As a matter of fact, I was looking at the website and I think you and I discussed it. Um, how I had this old website when I first started doing this show quite a few years ago. I have a page on my website. About Shaka Khan, is that ridiculous? Mm. No, yeah, not a, for you, no. <laughs> it is a, you know, I'm like Javon, really, but now and and then when you click on the page, it talks about, I guess my love of Shaka Khan. I didn't have time to really read it, <laughs> but um, but when you click on the page, um, one of her songs starts playing. It's like Javon, really, you know. There's a reason she runs when she sees me. I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but what I what I want to do is I want to play um I want to play that new jam cuz it it's really hot, but I also want to do this. Since you're not feeling well and it's a little chilly outside, I want to play Shaka Khan and Jeffrey Osborne. Ooh. It's a little different. Yeah, isn't that cool? Check this out, Rez, and, and we can talk when I come back. Hopefully, I will have my stuff together. I've been working on it all day and still don't have it together. But we're going to let Shaka smooth this out. Shaka Khan and Jeffrey Osborne. Baby, it's cold outside. It's cold outside. This evening has been. And hoping that you drop in.
but it's cold out there. So welcome has been lucky that you dropped so in. nice and warm. Look out the window. Ooh. Oh, look at My that song. Oh, your lips look delicious. My brother will be here at the door. Wait upon the tropical shore. Such a blizzard before. I gotta get home. Baby, you'll freeze out there. Hey, lend me your comb. It's up to your knees out there. You've really been great. I thrill when you touch my hand. Oh, don't you see? Yeah. Can you do this thing to me?
you wanted they dressed you up and I guess you you wanted to be Batman maybe. Oh, he shiznit. I just there's something on my ceiling. It's, it's gonna haunt me. Um, uh-huh. I'm gonna look up there again. It's one of these things that live in the basement, like they have like a thousand legs, uh-huh. and they they, they they come out of vents or something. I, I don't know. They're, they're for good they're luck. Jersey. Excuse me. They're for good, luck. good luck. Okay, if you want to say that, if, I'll be lucky if the damn thing don't fall on my head. That's all I got. To say. <laughs> this will quickly become a comedy show for y'all, but a nightmare for me. That's all I got to say about that. I'm just, you know what? I, I think what I'm gonna do because this 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 idea of mine it didn't really go well. Um, it doesn't look like people are coming on the live from this feed from this page. I don't think it's caught on yet. So, but I do want sh- people shared it out. Excuse me. You shared it out. Yeah. Yeah. So I think what I'm what I'm gonna do is. I'm going to stop this feed, and then I'm going to... You shouldn't stop it. Just click on the invite friends to watch and hit the people that normally join the feed. Okay. I don't have that, though. It's at the top. Let me make this bigger. And let's see how we can make this do what it do. No, the only the only thing I'm getting is create a poll, see video insights. It's not it's not doing the same thing that it does on my page. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a little something. But you know what I'm gonna do? I'm going to do. Uh, you see me every now and then looking up at the ceiling, see if that damn thing is still there. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna put this back. I'm gonna revert it back to my page. For, okay. to, for the rest of today's show And then I will do some practice Shows throughout the week That's just nothing But maybe a little music Maybe nothing But just to see if I can get people to understand That this is how to watch it now Because Clearly people who Would normally be unless, watching Unless you want to put A post on your regular page Now and you know just posting yeah. it on there to you know and let that freeze like pin it right let me see if i can do that or even if i could share this on my regular page should have practiced this earlier but anyway what i'm going to do right now res and i want you to start because it's not fair to the people that we don't do their birthday. So okay. I'm going to start. I'm going to find my list right now. Okay, you get your list up. I'm going to get my list up. And then I'm going to see if I can. Damn, that thing is, speak, is spooking me out. Um, I'm going to see about um, sharing live feed. Let's see if I could do that real quick. Let's see. Where's the live? And you don't see the share button, right? I'm trying to find it. (laughs) I don't even see it. 
Oh, there it goes. There I am. So I'm going to share this on. Come on now. Come on, son. Share it to my timeline. There you go. And that should work. There you go. All right. We're going to do that. Now I'm going to go back and see if uh, if I lost my list. Nope. There it goes. So are you ready to do your list? Did you get yours? Sure, I'm ready. All right. So you're going to start, and when you're done, you just let me know, and then I'll start mine. Okie dokie. All right, let's do it. Happy birthday, Melissa. Happy birthday, Darius. Happy birthday, David. Happy birthday, Rain. Happy birthday, Stacey. Happy birthday, Georgia. Happy birthday, Keith. Happy birthday, Veronica. Hey, Gail, you too. Happy birthday, Eric and Darius. Happy birthday, Aquarius. And that's all I have. Javon, coming in. Birthday, go. Brenda Nesbeth, happy birthday. Eric Dennison, happy birthday. Jessica, and happy face management. Happy birthday, Tiffany. Happy birthday, Dolores. Happy birthday, Justin Coffee. Roma. Happy birthday, Selena Weber. Francie, Duchess, Sanchez, happy birthday. Mel Jam, happy birthday. Jazz O, happy birthday. Tiwania, happy birthday. Wally, happy birthday. To everybody out there that we miss, we blow you a kiss, wow, and wish you the happiest birthday ever. So brunch in the basement with Javon and Terrence. Hey. Yeah. Here's to another orbit. I think we're getting better at this, Rez. <laughs> Rapper, I am not. <laughs> but I can uh, count Yo, the that's bars right. coming in. <laughs> you got it. You got it. You got it. So to to. <laughs> All our people out there that celebrated a birthday this week or last week, we want to wish you a happy birthday. I need to give a shout out to Miss Barbara Tucker, who is liking all of my posts today. So if hey, you're listening, Miss Tucker, how you doing today, love? Peace and blessings. <laughs> Yes, Robert Tucker. And shout yes. out to Cheryl Pepsi Riley. Just saw another another legend. Yeah, she's a, she's another person we need to get on this show, guys. Oh man, for sure, for sure. I will definitely work on that. Love to have her. She's a beautiful, beautiful spirit. Her, and and you know who else? You know who else? And I know that this would be a, a stretch for me, but not. Probably not for you. So 
your girl Dana, mm-hmm. aka Queen Latifah, is mm-hmm. doing some wonderful things in Newark. She's okay. um getting, she's starting to build um affordable housing for people in Newark. And that is something that needs to be said. Whether she comes on the show or she doesn't come on the show, um, I want to, you know, make sure that people know what she's up to, you know, and that's what you do. When you when you get into a certain position in life, you know, you give back. And I think that that's fabulous. The, um, the, broad, the broader media is giving her a lot of attention on that, and um, I definitely want to give her big ups and a shout out for that because um, that's dope. That's oh, dope. for sure, for sure. I love the way you say that, the broader media. Definitely, absolutely. You know what I'm saying, and and you know that we gotta we gotta jump through hoops to get some attention, you know, for anything, you know. So many positive things being done within the black community, within the LGBT community. But you do something negative or something crazy happen, everybody want to talk about it. Everybody know. But um, when people are doing positive things to give back in the community, it's kind of kept on the down low, or at least it's not necessarily um, put out there. So, you know, I, I just want to, you know, just let that let that be known. Absolutely, absolutely. And anybody that's online listening or listening. Um, on the telephone, however you choose, whatever vehicle you choose. If you have some positive energy or some positive reports, absolutely, absolutely. We'd love to hear and we'd love to support the positivity because there's enough uh, stuff, like you said, stealing and grabbing the headlines on a regular basis. You throw something else out there in the world. Yes, yes, yes so many things going on right now. So, and, and I, I just don't have the energy to discuss it all. And I'm glad we didn't have um, a politically inclined show scheduled for today because I'm just whipped. <laughs> I'm just whipped with it. Um, now, so this is my bad. And um, she's probably not listening today, but um our last week's guest, Dawn Tolman, has sent me a lot of her music. I think I forwarded some to you. She has a new yes. release coming out, and I didn't upload any of it, unfortunately. Wanted to play at least one song, um, but the the new CD is coming out, and it's going to be fire. Um, I don't know if you – did you have an opportunity to listen to any of it? I have not yet because when my listening station go, session goes for self, it's usually on the weekends. When I do that, um, because I just have to stay really regimented during the week to get everything done. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited because I'm, I'm today is Saturday. I'm going to listen to a lot of the stuff. So thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to send you everything they send me. I'm trying to send it to you because, well, actually, I, I can't send you everything they send me because you'd be surprised. People send me stuff I haven't even listened to it yet. Um, it, People that I haven't heard of, people that we know, um, you know, newcomers. That's, that's its own cool. listening. That's its own listening party right there. You know, the submission. 
I, I couldn't get through all the submissions. You know, I'd have to be – that would drive me crazy because I would want to listen to everything. That's just how my ear is. And I'm like, oh, man, I never get from exactly. behind my ear. Exactly. So, you know, maybe one day we'll do a show like that, you know, just like um, I'll upload all the stuff that um, – you know, um, up and comers have um sent that sounds good to me. Mhm. And um, we can kind of I don't want to say make it or break it because who am I to break anybody's anything? If I don't like it, that doesn't mean it ain't good. It just means it's not good to me. You know. But um, yeah. So, uh, we can but we can do a show of up and comers. Nice. You know. Which could be, you know, because we want to give people some shine. They're trying to grind and do their thing, you know. Um, but for today's show, we have somebody who's been doing this for a long time, who's been, you know, making it do what it do. And I think I need to start playing some of her music. Um, let's play. Everybody knows Party Girl, right? Maybe. Ooh. And- do you know Party Girl? I do. All right, so maybe we should just play Party Girl, and then she should be calling us right after that song is over. Yeah, let's do that. Party Girl. Did did I forget anything else, Rez? Is there something else we wanted to do? Uh, no, not unless Grandma's available. <laughs> no, not yet. Not today. Okay, okay. No, 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 no. Grandma's like, <laughs> yeah, so... She was like, yeah, I remember Tere- I remember her. She's real tall. Nice girl. You tell her I remember her. So, okay, Grandma, I'll tell her. Then Grandma Aww. starts telling me the story about how she was at this place. I don't know what place. And she saw this man, and he looked good. And Grandma knows how to flirt without looking, without saying anything. So she just stood there within his eye view and she knows he must have liked what he's seen because he was looking, but she wouldn't look at him. I was like, oh, why is she telling me this? Because, then, because, you know, there's something in that real fast to flirt without saying a word. That's some OG stuff. She tried to tell you something. And, okay. And then she, then she said, she said, but she had this wig on and she Ooh. said she could have drowned from the sweat that was pouring from under that wig. <laughs> but she, she said, but I stood there cool as a cucumber. I said, oh, okay. And then she was like, and then he came over and something. Then she told him about some party she was throwing. My grandmother used to give a lot of affairs, events and stuff. And he came and then some woman came and she was, the woman was being nasty to him. She said, might have been his wife or his woman. I don't know. But anyway, I left them to each other. But he came back, and I'm like, why? Why does she tell me these things? <laughs> she said, I can't wait for you, for you and Therese to give me my 15 minutes on the show. I said, 15 minutes is long. I'm <laughs> How about we give you three? <laughs> Yo, hold on. It looks like the star of the show, Ultra Tanae, Ultra. Oh God, I'm so I'm laughing at Grandma. I'm sorry. Ultra Nate is is holding on the line. Give me a second, baby, and I'll be right there. Mm-hmm. 
for a major label. Um, I I didn't really have any formal training or any um, serious aspiration. I did fun things like within school and high school, you know, with my crew that like, you know, we all do, you know, you have your crew of friends and you do your little music stuff or whatever. And we had a group and we did stuff for school and I probably thought about it for five minutes, taking it beyond that moment, but it never really went that far. My, my school education was really geared towards the medical curriculum. So um, I thought I was going into medicine. I was planning on being a doctor, but, you know, then I discovered the disco. And so here we are. <laughs> <laughs> nice. the disco 30 years later. <laughs> that is yeah. so, wow. that is a very interesting story. I, you know what? See, you miss, you miss a day, you miss a show, you miss a lot. That, that right That's there is. It's my 30th anniversary this year, actually, my 30 years in the industry. Well, congratulations, year. and and congratulations to us for hearing it, you know, for having it. Yes. We have been blessed. We have been blessed. I have. So who, mm-hmm. who, who were some of your, um, I guess, early inspirations, um, whether it be like in the mu- in the, the disco type of music or or what? What what inspired you? You know, I I listened to everything. As a kid growing up, I listened to everything. I mean, obviously, um, I used to play my mother's vinyl, and she had a huge record collection of really soulful stuff. Um, So I listened to everything from the OJs, Chaka Khan, Rufus and Chaka Khan, to um, Elton John, um, Madonna, you know, when the radio situation would bring the pop hits. And um, it was a, a pretty big mixture. And I listened to, um, it, like, everything from Boy George to, um, I don't know, just if it was musical, I was into it. It really didn't really didn't matter. Um, I just kind of dial surfed and I played everything. And I think that all of those things ended up influencing what I did musically. My The music genre I started in was house in terms of garage at that time, because house music was really just developing out of Chicago and then New York and, and Baltimore at that time. So I was part of that initial seed um, early on of the beginnings of house when it was still considered garage from Paradise Garage or warehouse music from which then became house music internationally as we know it now. But it started as warehouse music from Chicago with Frankie Knuckles and that whole sound that he and Larry Levan and others were um, proliferating in the club situation, the club life. And that started affecting the music charts. So that's how suddenly people started paying attention to what this underground sound of dance music culture was was uh, creating, and you kind of pull from everything that you that you know. Um, so I was always interested in trying different styles of writing. Um, so if you listen to like my first album, Blue Notes from the Basement, there's everything on there from gospel to pop, more pop influenced uh, songs, and then further on into One Woman's Insanity. The next album, we delve more into more uh, R and B stylings but all within the dance music umbrella. And that was the, that was basically the freedom and license that being in house music per se um, gave us um, as writers and musicians, as creators is that we could kind of feel our feeling and go in any direction within this genre. And that's pretty much has held through today. I mean, you know, I'm working on my 10th album now to release in 2019 and it's still pretty much the same um, concept is that, you know, I may lean towards 
a rock inspiration. I may lean towards a gospel inspiration, a, an R&B inspiration. Um, it could be a techno record. It could it could be a classical record. There there really are no boundaries. Wow. That's, that's, being an artist, you said a lot. I did. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's all very informative, and I I got to think about it for a minute. Go ahead, Therese. You have a question? Yeah, wow. I've got a couple of questions because I'm I'm really I'm really um excited to know that you um have uh you were DJing as well. And how mm-hmm. much and how much of the DJing and the, the musicality of uh, what it takes to DJ and produce did that influence your song choices later on for performance? Hmm. Interesting. Um the performance aspect, that was actually the easiest part of being an artist for me when I first started because I was used to being in a crowd of people and performing to some degree, even just being a dancer partying at the club on the dance floor, just, you know, being in that environment. Um, you, you know, I've, I've learned very quickly that I kind of thrive off that. I, I love the lights and the sound system and, and um just that kind of connectivity with people. And I love to hear the, hear what the music is doing, all the colors in the music, um, the resonance in the music on sound systems, real sound systems, because I come from analog sound system culture. So all of those things right. are influencing me. So being on stage was the easiest part because I felt like um, it wasn't so uh, constrained like being in the studio. In the studio, it's very focused. It's a very... Um, specific in, in environment where you're trying to achieve a specific goal. And and when, when you're live, you just kind of like go with whatever energy happens at that moment is very spontaneous. And it doesn't have to be about perfection. And I never believed in perfection in the way that some people do, because I believe more in character. Um, mm-hmm. So that was the easier mm-hmm. part. And then as the years went on, I'm, I grew up in club culture. I grew up under uh, so many amazing DJs that my ear was already kind of set for what would move the dance floor and how mm-hmm. to create that energy and how to move from one song to the other um, and t- to create this synergy between the, the DJ and the, and the dancers. So mm-hmm. because I have been in all of those places, I've been the dancer on the dance floor. So I know what, what was jarring to me at a moment. Mm-hmm. Maybe, mm-hmm. or I know what sent me swirling. You know, I know what anchored me to the dance floor, and I know what sent me into the set, into the stratosphere. So it's right. just a matter of changing position, um, and still creating that same energy. Because you know, I've always been a part of the culture, so I know the music, um, and I know the the feel. I know what the sound system should be doing. You know, I know all of these various things a part of the tools that you, that you garner as you continue in your business. So being in the, the DJ position, that kind of happened organically um, as a result of where the music business was going here in America. We were really losing um, our underground culture. Um, Europe basically took over mm-hmm. house music and turned it into a whole other thing. Um, it splintered into 70 different subgenres and, um, and then they started making what we originated. And so they didn't need what we were producing quite the same. So if you hadn't really created your lane and elevated yourself at that point, it was really, really difficult for 
our music, American house music, to sustain itself. And so a lot of the culture was dying off here in the States. So my becoming a DJ was really out of the necessity of keeping that music and keeping that scene in the forefront of the culture in Baltimore. And so Lisa Moody and I, we kind of just started playing our vinyl on a humble one night mm-hmm. just at a friend's apartment. And we kind of caught the bug at that moment and it just took off from there. And it, it became an adjunct to what I, what I did, but it wasn't, um, but it really was born out of necessity and for the love of keeping our scene happening here in Baltimore, because I knew like I walked into that club Odell's at the time and it changed the course of my life. And it brought a whole experience that I never could foresee at that moment when I was probably like 19 or something, you know, I want to make sure that that moment, that opportunity happens for other generations and keep our music, you know, here and relevant. Nice. Nice. I understand and agree. What, what, um, what, in your opinion, is the difference between the way artists are embraced overseas versus here in the United States? Well, you know, the U.S. is a, is a beast. It's a huge beast. Um, it's controlled by radio. And, you know, unfortunately, if you don't get radio play, it's really hard to harness your fan base across the United States. Because it's, you know, it's just so vast. When you're talking about Europe, you're talking about countries that may be the size of, like, South Carolina. You can be, you know, a massive star in France. And no one know you in the U.K. Well, generally, they'll kind of know you. But you can be bigger in in France or in Germany and not be bigger anywhere else. But you can be huge and sustain an amazing career. With the U.S., if you're just big in South Carolina, well, you're just big in South Carolina. That's, you know, it's it's not the same game. So um, that's one of the aspects of Europe. Another part of that is that Europe never went through the backlash of disco being considered a bastard child. You know, the right. disco is dead movement that was initiated by the rock industry did not happen in Europe. So they never missed a beat. There was never a hiccup in the love for dance music and the credibility of dance music in Europe. That is, I remember um, uh, Larry Levan is my godfather, and um, I remember the Ministry of Sound flying him over to do some of the classic garage sets there, you know. Mm-hmm. And the at that time, the outcry, for that kind of music was uh, amazing, and and it just goes to show that you know you you blend the sounds or you you give people that that presence, and I, and I always consider the garage, the loft, all of those um, uh, legendary venues, the warehouse, uh, a presence because it was more than music. You know, it was a, it was an era of music at the time when it fed souls for people, you know, as mm-hmm. opposed to, you know, and I'm not, no, no disrespect to techno house, but it's a different kind of energy, you know, it's a different mm-hmm. kind of um, movement that's, that's done, that's doing very well, you know, but for artists Absolutely. that, that, that transition into or, or adapt to the techno house, what's, what's your, what's your opinion of that 
professionally? Well, you know, I believe that there's room for everything and everybody. All right. Um, you know, it's just a matter of there being a, a fair playing field for all genres. And that's where right. the, the difference happens because um, for more uh, soulful house, it's it's been considered more on the underground side for a while. But even that is starting to get its day in the sun through um, other DJs, producers that are starting to break through that, like, like Black Coffee, um, as an example is now kind of leading the charge for the soulful house genre being given a specific name and a face. Um, you know, it's, it's a very tricky, tricky game because house is, was born underground. And so when right. you talk about something being underground, we're talking about a level of um, production value um, as well as the money factor that's put into it. So if you are in a situation where people are making a lot of mediocre half halfway produced music. Um, and, and that's, excuse me, what this senior scene is, um, is putting out there, or you as an individual producer or songwriter, or even as an artist are putting out there, you still have to be aware of what is happening on the business side of things. And you still have to meet in that place and figure out how to make that work within the construct of who you are as an, as an artist, because, you know, you, you can't always have it both ways. Say, if you want to be played on the radio, then you have to make a record that's going to sound good on the radio. Right. In order to make a record that's going to sound good on the radio, you need to make sure that you have the right gear in order to make your record sound at a level. You can't have a muddy, underground record and think that that's going to perform at radio or perform on the, the major commercial charts. It's like, right. what is, what is your agenda? If it's just right. to be underground, then that's a different beast. Right. right. But if Sonically. you want to be commercially viable, then you have to understand what the parameters of that mean. Gotcha. What's your favorite so, color? <laughs> My favorite color. Um, you know, I'm a Pisces, so I'm not very committal with the color thing. Um, you know, because I I just, you know, it just depends on what my feeling is. If, you know, I'm, I'm partial to blue, I will tell you that. Um, but, you know, I'm down for pinks or yellows or, or reds or, or whatever at any given moment. So um, I don't know if I have a, a specifically favorite color in that way okay springtime feels like springtime yeah definitely and let me go back because there's something i wanted to say in regards to the question about techno house and um and people moving towards that you know that goes back to what i was saying in the beginning of how dance music was splintered into many many different genres and techno house was one of them um Mm -hmm. you know it appeal it appeals a lot to younger generations because they're not growing up on the same kind of R&B, danceable R&B that we were growing up on and hearing in the clubs in the same way because that was mm-hmm. part of the backlash of of the rock industry propaganda campaign against yes. which then became House. So those kids are not growing up in the genre in the same way. So they've changed it. They've 
you know, kind of altered it, added the more techie sounds to take it to a broader audience was what intentionally had been done. When you think, think about song song orientation and vocals, that anchors people to the dance floor. Okay. What a lot of these um, EDM festivals and EDM-oriented events are selling is not necessarily anchoring you to the dance floor, but making you fly and kind of, you know, kind of lose yourself into another space. So the music intention is different. Exactly. And that has a larger platform. So that's what a lot of kids are gravitating to. But I also believe music happens in a cycle. And so after a while, so much of that, so much saturation of that, the generation moves and changes and and the songs and, and the music changes. And people come back to something refreshing when they hear a voice mm-hmm. that actually mm-hmm. anchors them back to the dance floor and allows them to feel something as opposed to escaping. Right. Right. Which is why your your um I'm free will never, ever, ever die. Because there's something um there's something incredible about the way it touches you. And by a computer, it's much different than touched by a human. You know, um, and and like them both, but for different reasons. Mm-hmm. When I think about what I need to to feel good and inspired, it's always a voice connected to it. When I when I want to escape and run and possibly just you know, not necessarily be inspired, then then the sounds and the beats are what I can listen to. But I know that you know I'm kind of limited by how much I can do of that. You know, um, on a continuous basis. That's just me. Absolutely. That's why a lot of it. Instrumentals, they want to go back and then have someone write a song over top of it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. You do it all the time. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I like what you said about um, the younger, this generation not being raised up on the same type of R&B that we were. And I think that therein lies the difference, you know, because if you if you grew up on the funk of James Brown and Shaka, like you said, and just so that you know, I'm I'm like a severe shockaholic. There is mm-hmm. no cure for it. I and, hear you. That, that that is just what it is and will always be. Um, but there's something about a certain type, even even going back to Jackson Five and that kind of dance music. And then mm-hmm. I remember once I was speaking with Miss um, Rochelle Fleming the lead vocalist from First Choice. Oh, yeah, I know and, Rochelle personally. Yeah, yeah, she's a really sweet lady. But what, what I was saying to her was that the music that she created with First Choice, like Dr. Love and mm-hmm. Let No Man Put Us Under, it was sort mm-hmm. of like a, a transferring from disco to house. It was like, to me anyway, um, it was it was at the end of disco, Mm-hmm. Like in the, in the late seventies and and the very beginning of house and you could you could hear those Afrocentric rhythms and beats up under their music and mm-hmm. and it's still what drives me to this day that that kind of um what what I like to call pumping music you know what I mean um mm-hmm. so so I'm just wondering like if there are any any other songs or or any other groups or musicians or DJs or whoever that that you would think about in those early days of house music. Oh my gosh, it's 
it's a million of them. It's a million of them. It's a million of them. But I, I, and to your point in regards to first choice and songs like that, of Let No Man Put Asunder and Dr. Love and, and all of those into the early house movement, house really was, I mean, with the clubs at that point were playing danceable R&B. But they were also playing, you know, um, your more new romantics kind of stuff and Depeche Mode kind of things. So the DJs played whatever was like a vibe and what whatever would move the crowd. It wasn't so, it wasn't restricted to just disco in that way. Um, but then House came along as sort of the poor man's disco because disco was extremely expensive to produce with all of those, you know, all of the musicians and full string sections and horn sections and all of that, you know, it was the most expensive genre of music to produce actually. Well, um, so, you know, I, I was just taught like all about all of those things from what I was listening to at home. But when I started going out to, to party, I mean, obviously I was hearing, um, you know, here in Baltimore, Wayne Davis and, um, the, our local DJs, Teddy Douglas and Tommy from Basin Boys, you know, they were became my first producers because I was around and in in their company and hearing what they were doing as they were starting their production outfit. And that's how, that's basically how I fell into the music business. Um, on my ventures to New York, obviously, I, I got it tight with people like Louis uh, Vega, and I would hear Timmy Registered at Shelter all the time. Frankie Knuckles was yeah. a huge influence. Morales. Um you know, there, there's a ton of them over the years, and I think all of them have um, have influenced me in various ways um, as a DJ and as an artist as well. So you kind of, you know, I'm, I'm like a sponge in a way. I think it's very important when you're a creative to be like a sponge. You kind of take in everything, like everything is, is um, food for you towards your, your art. And right. at a certain point, you kind of just draw on these things, whether intentionally or unintentionally even, um, and, and just kind of come up with what you feel makes sense at that moment. What, if, if, if a song can start with just a beat or it can start with just a melody or maybe just a lyric. Right, right. So analog or digital? Hmm? Analog or digital? You know, I'm from the analog age. You know, I love the warmth. I want, I love the crisp warmth and the way that analog envelops you. You know, mm-hmm. maybe how you feel it inside. Digital, digital is loud. Loud is not always better. Um, mm-hmm. Loud sometimes to me can sound thin and cold. Mm-hmm. Um, analog is warm and resonant, and that's the difference. Mhm. Mhm. Spoken like yeah. a true producer DJ. Like <laughs> Absolutely. But again, what the situation is, and this is where the music business is at the moment. So you have to be able to um, work within that situation. You have to make sure that you are competitive, um, but you just have to flip it and do it your own way. Right. Part of what, you know, and some of the questions may sound like Tourette, you know, I purposely, you know, that's, that's on purpose. Um, because, you know, I, I kind of like to get a, a, an understanding for the artist per se, like the business, mm-hmm. we kind of, we kind of know what that is, you know, and, and know 
kind of navigating through it. Everybody sharing their their, um, their specific journey, which is we can't, right. you know. We, but when it comes down to certain things, it's kind of like, you know, I got some fundamentals that I that I think I kind of understand, uh, at least, you know, through trial and error, let's just say that. So mm-hmm. when I think about stuff, you, I can almost quote the exact same thing. You know, um, I'm from the analog era. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely feel the same way about it, you know. Um, and just curious for various artists that we've had on this platform, you know, that speak about their experience. Like, what do you prefer? You know, hence the what's your favorite color? Well, you know, a lot you know? of them, they just they don't know the difference. They've never right. really lived in the analog era to really know the difference. Um, right. They've always grown up on digital. Right. Um, they've always grown up with the speed of digital. Right. So right. uh, you know there there may be some things in their in their growth process that they're missing. They're fundamentally missing, but they don't know because it's not a part of their story. Right. Um, so it you know it just depends on who who you're talking to and what right. their situation is. Right. Right. What What can we do to keep to keep the vocalist, to keep that era of, even if we remix it, because, you know, like, like for example, rap, let's just take that. Um, James Brown has to be probably the most sampled artist, R&B artist in rap, you know. Um, so mm-hmm. if we want to think that way, what could we do to keep um, that era of music alive and reintroduce? Because I kind of feel like as the, if custodians, if you will, loosely put, of that kind of of that music of that era, what could you mm-hmm. do to preserve it, to help keep it alive, and to reintroduce it to? Because um, we can't fault the newer generation for not knowing if we're not keeping it readily available and educating. We're not doing the part we need to do or the play. So, mm-hmm. what what can we do, in your opinion? Well, um, it's on a few different levels. I mean, with my party, Deep Sugar, that's one of, like I said earlier, that's one of our intentions. That's always been um, part of the mission um, is to create this space where the younger generations that fall into the gap are learning the music. You know, they're getting old and new, and they're really appreciating it, and they get it. Um, You really can only control what you can control. So if everyone makes an effort, is holds some accountability to extend the olive branch to the younger generations, you know, slowly but surely you will create a movement. You'll plant these seeds because if you wait for the for the big dogs to come in and spend a boatload of money to do it, well, they're not going to do it unless they see that they're going to make some money at the end of the day. If it's not commercially viable, if they can't see where the numbers crunch, then they're not going to do that. That's just just not going to happen. So it has to be really on a grassroots level and everybody kind of doing their part in some way, form, or fashion. If you know of an event going on, you know, invite some of the younger kids to just come and hang out, like create those moments, send them the the music, um, hear what they have to say about it, and and hear with an open ear. You know, I have a 13-year-old son. He loves pop music. He totally gets house. He's grown up in it, obviously. Um, he gets it, but he loves pop music. And some of, like, in my mind, like, the worst of the worst. <laughs> and I'll listen to it, you know, when we're in my car, I'll let him listen to what he calls his stations. And, um, 
and after the fifth song, I just, you know, sometimes I have to check myself because I just want to, like, scream, like, don't you hear this is the exact same song over and over again. Everybody sounds the same. Everybody's saying the same thing. It's the same melody. It's the same chords. It's all the same production. It's the same sound. You got to hear that. <laughs> it drives me crazy. And we've had these conversations. And eventually he got to a place where he's starting to hear what I'm talking about. Because at first right. it was just, oh, you're mommy and you're like, you're a dancer. So, of course, you're, not, you know, you're going to be really critical. But then, you know, at a point he started to hear like, oh, yeah, this is kind of the same song with, this, you know, a different blip or a different bleep in it. But this is what they're growing up on, you know. So, right. you know, everyone just kind of has to, to make an effort to, to try to do their part to, to, you know, make it appealing to them in a way. And I would, you know, I would challenge producers and artists, musicians to experiment more. I feel like, you know, everybody just keeps doing the same, same, same thing, whether it's the conversation on the song, whether it's the melody whether it's the, the the production sonically, switch up the outboard gear. Like everybody's been in dance music using the same outboard gear. When house music first started, everybody wanted to carve out their own sound. Everybody had different things going on. And that that's what kept it so different and cutting edge and fun and interesting. Mm-hmm. And then it got to a place once it got commercially viable where every, everybody started making the exact same music because it was like once one person had a hit, then that's what everybody did. But that's what they do in all of the other genres of music. And house music, is, house music wasn't built on that. It was built on being underground, on being cutting edge, on being experimental. And I think some of the experimental energy has been lost. So that might be one of the reasons why it's, it may not be as interesting to younger generations. You know, we have to, we have to keep – you know, making things interesting out there and, and doing things that are going to get their attention. Um, you know, we can't, I, I find a lot of times that uh, in underground music now that they're, they're giving the kids so much information. Sometimes you got to dial it back a little bit, you know, sometimes less is more. Let the song mm. breathe or, or come up with a, 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 not only a vocal hook, but a music hook. You know, you know, just get you have to think about things in a, in a different way. Some sometimes kids, you know, they're they're beat over the head with the, oh, I love this and I love that and I love you and and there's just no like where's where's the fun? Yeah, you know, there's a couple of there's a couple of things about today's music and uh, you know I hate to to sound critical about it. Um, there's a reason why I do. You know, I I invite the people that I invite on the show is because I appreciate their music. Um, but I noticed that there are a lot of songs that are missing bridges. Like there's no mm-hmm. bridges, mm-hmm. and it's like, and there's no change. A lot of times, mm-hmm. if you listen to some of um, some of the best music ever made, sometimes it's that bridge that's the funky part. You know, everybody's Absolutely. waiting for that. Whether it's, Absolutely. it's you know the change. The bridge is actually my favorite part to write. <laughs> no <laughs> lie. Oh my it is, is, you know, it's it's what's what's missing, and and just the structure of songs is like it's negated. Like sometimes the whole song is just the hook over and over again. Okay, I got it, but you know, give me give me something I could, you know, celebrate in there or something. You know, some kind of change or anything. But 
Um, and then back in the day, you used to have, like you just said, the in- sometimes an instrumental bridge where it's just music. You know, you wait for that breakdown part where you get to, you know, it's just maybe um, percussion and bass or something like yeah. that. You mm-hmm. know, and that's the part that makes you go crazy. You know, start wanting to dance closer to somebody. You know, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, I think, you know, they, we've gotten trapped in 4-4 uh, land where everybody feels that it's so, you know, it's so specific and it's so strict. Um, That's so true. And, and it doesn't have to be so strict. I, I find so much freedom, like I said, being in dance music culture because you can kind of go anywhere and do anything and experiment and go against the grain. Like if everybody... I, I find a lot of times because you know obviously I get asked by a lot of a lot of producers from around the world to collaborate, and people are sending me these tracks from everywhere. And I find a lot of times I'm like I can't write to this. There's no melody. There's no melody in the music. Like how do you write a song without a, a melody? So basically what? they just want. Basically I could just write and I could come up with an acapella, my own melody off my head, and you can just put your beat track under it because right. they're not fully producing anything there's no musicality to it so you know I find that to be very difficult another thing that I've run into over the years and it's kind of changing now again thank god is that they will ask for me to sing high on everything they all want me to sing in my high higher range because okay. everything has to sound like a like you're 12 years old and you know it's the first time you've done anything and that's not the case yeah that's not cool <laughs> you know so it's things like that, it, you know, and they also, you know, they feel like, okay, well, if you're, if you're singing high, then it appeals to more of the masses because it's dialed down. It's diluted a little bit more. That soul, I'm like, okay, I'm black. I'm a black singer. I'm a black woman. I have black woman experiences, and I have a very full-bodied voice. Why are you asking me to write a song where you want me to sing in a very thin, high voice like that's not my character I can go there on some songs that it makes sense but that's not the full character of what my voice is my voice is going to have the character of experience is going to be full-bodied it's going to be throaty there may be some raspy it has character so why are you asking me to remove all of the character from my voice which is ridiculous and absolutely no sense that just made me pretty sad because it, it sounds like to me and I hope I'm wrong that they're not coming for you but they're coming for your name oh absolutely and, they, and I don't do they that. don't they don't get right but they don't they don't understand the what you actually have to offer they don't understand the value of you of of all of your experience. Well, clearly they understand if they're asking me to, to to collaborate on their track. You know, they understand the legacy of what I've done. But I think right. they're so they're they're so busy trying to chase what they think will be a hit by making something so uh, dialed back from anything that's going to translate as underground and and soulful in in the way of underground that they're trying to find this this sweet spot of credibility but accessibility yeah. to the masses right right so, that's what so, they're after or even they'll say you know don't write a lot like we just want a top line they want the voice they want the full body 
experience of, of what the voice does and the writing skill, but they only want a top line because they you can't go into the soul, into the things that anchor people to the dance floor. Right. right. But that's changing. I, I can tell you that of late I have not gotten a lot of those kinds of requests. It's been more, people are now more like, yeah, we need you to do what you do. Right. There so we that's, go. That's a much more fun place. That's, that's right. a much more that's, fun place. Yeah. And anyway, I mean, I, I saw you. We could talk for, for hours. That's why I make my albums and I pay for them myself. I've been completely independent since 2003, I think, 2002, 2003, after I did Situation Critical and Stranger Than Fiction with Strictly, and then the music business went belly up, and um, everything kind of went crazy, and, and, and the music business was spiraling out, and I started my own label with Blue Fire, and I've been completely independent since then, so every album I've released since then, I've done it on my own terms, and um, and I'm about to release album number 10 this year, so, you know, hey. You do, you gotta hey. do what you have to do. Hey, so what right. kind of are you working on now for your new album? I'm sorry, say it again. What what type of music are you working on for your new album? What is it um going to be that soulful house? It's definitely gonna be a dance album. I mean I did I went more for my Black Stereo Faith album that we put out um last was it last year or the year before? I could easy years go by too fast. Um <laughs> Quentin Harris and I partnered on Black Stereo Faith, which was definitely wow. a more, um, which for me was more of a throwback to my early beginnings with Blue Notes from the Basement, working with one sole producer with a lot of live instrumentation, but we took it into um, a more experimental place. And that was really great for my for my soul, for just what I needed to do and to have that kind of representation of real Black music out there. Um, for this album, the, the album is called Glass Houses. It's definitely more um, dance. There are more commercial dance tracks on it. Um, but, you know, I always kind of mix it up. You know, it won't be underground in that way. Um, but I don't know. You know, it's hard for me to say because I'm too far in the inside. You know, and I write a lot of music the days and months and years go by. I write all these songs and everything doesn't come out right away. So there may be something that I wrote two, three, four, six, seven, eight years ago that ends up on this album that I've just been holding because the right right body of music around it hasn't come up yet. It wasn't right for my previous record, but maybe it's right for this one. So it's kind of hard to say from the stage that it's at right now what tracks are going to actually end up being the final verdict of the record. Right. But conceptually, when I write albums, I always start with the concept first and I build from there of what the story of the album is from the artwork to um, the song concepts from there and what the production style will be. So we're, we're still like pulling all of the, um, the really important facets together now, but we're aiming for getting it out this year. You you have any um, time frame this year, like maybe by the summer? We are always shooting for early summer. Yeah, because I'm gonna be looking for it. So yeah, I will definitely keep you posted. I'm I'm trying now while I have this little bit of downtime 
Um, and actually this week is my last week of sort of downtime behind the scenes writing and uh, just production and stuff like that. But I got to start going back on the road as of next week. And then I'm not home again until May. So it's going to be a little tricky. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Sounds like a lot of great things. So I have, I have a question to ask you sort of on a personal Mm -hmm. note. Um, Mm -hmm. And I hope you'll share your secret with us. I saw you. (laughs) Yeah, I really do. I saw, and, and uh, all right. So I saw you a couple of years ago at um, a show for our mutual friend, Anaya Day. Right. Yes. Mhm. I made a complete fool of myself that day because I kept remarking on how young and youthful you look. Because I, I couldn't believe that's not making a fool of me. <laughs> I but I just kept saying, "Oh my God, you look so young." And and you know what? That's really that's really silly because it's not like you're 80 years old. Like what was I expecting, right? But oh, oh my God. You look good. So, and a lot of times when we have artists come on and I, I, you know, start making the um, flyers or whatnot, I have to use old pictures. And Mm -hmm. I not have to, but I choose to because, you know, Mm -hmm. just because. But your pictures, I've used some recent pictures because you look great. What is your secret, girl? (laughs) Girl, <laughs> I have a battery of things that I do, oh and and, then, and I hear it all the time. My friends are like, "Okay, they call me the Street Apothecary." That's my nickname amongst my friends. Um, <laughs> you are amazing. It's it, it you know, well, the first thing that's the most important is to keep your weight down. Um, nothing ages you faster than weight, so. Mm-hmm. I've been a, a kind of a gym rat basically since the early nineties. Um, you know, and there are moments where I fluctuate and go up and go down, but I generally try to really keep track of that. I go to um a guy that does like body fat measurement and all this crazy stuff. He puts you in a pod like they use for Nassau and for athletic teams and all of that stuff. So I'm really focused on making sure that my eating, I eat try to eat as much organic as I possibly can. Um, and I just try to pay attention to things like that with, with, you know, my eating situation, because my nutrition is extremely important so that I can function in this crazy job that, you know, drags me around the world in different time zones. And it, it can be exhausting. And a lot of times I'm doing, you know, three jobs at once because it's, it's, it pulls you a lot of different ways to be completely independent. You know, I'm not just like, throwing on lip gloss and looking cute and, and that's all the work I've got to do. I'm writing and I'm recording and I'm DJing and I'm actually throwing the events and I'm performing at other events. I'm live on stage or I'm live behind the decks and, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot that goes into that and I'm a full-time mommy. So my eating and my exercise regimen, I've done yoga for the last 15 years. I highly recommend that. It may even be more than 15 um, but I, I'm very much into hot yoga. I think it not only cleanses everything and kind of gets all the toxins out of your system, but it really helps with your mind, body, and spirit connection and just kind of, um, you know, teaching you how to, in the face of the worst adversity, hold it together and go inside and control your stress levels in that way. When I'm stressing out and I'm, and I'm about to wig, I need to go to the gym or I need to go to yoga. 
And those things make a big difference because that will age you as well. So, you know, I think of everything down to the basic cellular level. And what am I doing for myself? So I do detoxes periodically. I, um, I do intestinal uh, bentonite detox clay pretty often because I feel like all diseases begin in the gut. So mm. I'm very regimented about keeping the gut uh, clear and clean. Um, and I'm sure that that affects the skin and the age of the skin and the age of your cells. It all comes down to the age of your cells. And, uh, and so um, when, you, when you're taking care of yourself on a cellular level, everything else is going to show that. I've taken a battery of supplements for years, and I live off of omega-3s, and I eat a lot of fish to keep my omega-3s up. Um, and that's very important um, for your skin, your hair, your nails, your bones, your joints, your mental faculties, um, all of those things. I make sure I get plenty of omega-3 and not overdo it with omega-6 because a lot of people don't realize too much omega-6 is very, very bad for you. Hmm. Um, I take vitamin D very often, and most people in America are vitamin D deficient, especially here on the East Coast where we don't get a lot of sun. Um, So vitamin D is also a hormone. It's not necessarily a vitamin, which a lot of people are not aware of. Um, Staying hydrated, I always do have a strong electrolyte gain Um, because of my lifestyle and because I work out. Being dehydrated is like the devil. So that's something you definitely don't want to happen. Um, Being dehydrated promotes inflammation in the body. Inflammation is definitely a killer a silent killer for a lot of people. And so that's, you know, something else I'm very regimented about. I could go on. I told you, I have a battery. <laughs> a battery of Yo, like, we got Dr. DJ Ultra Nase <laughs> on the line, yo. I'm like, dang, I should be taking, taking notes. And then I was like, wait, wait, this, this is being recorded. I will be listening to this again. <laughs> Because I, yo, I was like, these wow. things are important. My friends are like, okay, I got this going on. What do I need to take? <laughs> yeah, Very I can nah, do some of that <laughs> now. I got to I got it. Well, I should be doing all of that, but I, I can work on one thing at a time. You know, if you, for for those of you that are like me, you know, change one thing at a time. You can't do it all because then you, you'll fall. So. You no, know, it's some. It's over. It's over the course of time. You start to, you know, you do more research. You do more building. Um, the, the most important thing that, that would stand out in all of that that I said is your diet and your exercise is so essential. It's, it's, it's really essential to keeping your youthful vitality. Absolutely. And then, you know, I would go and I would go for like your hyaluronic acids and collagen and things like that for us as we age, you know, the elasticity starts to go from your skin and from your joints and these, those supplements help keep Everything soft and supple, youthful and dewy and fresh. (laughs) (laughs) And on top of that, she said the ultimate job a full time mom, which is like the best and and the most difficult job on the planet. Shout out to all the mothers. Got that right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And I'm very hands on mom. It doesn't matter where I am in the universe. I am very present in my son's life. Thank you for technology has enabled that to be the case. Um, so he never feels like he can get away with anything because mom's always watching. 
<laughs> and here's where digital works. Here's where digital works. <laughs> yep, absolutely. That's why I said you got to get in where you fit it. Got to make it all work for you. Absolutely. <laughs> you, know, you you are amazing, and I'm all all that you are doing to keep yourself young and renewed and refreshed. It, it is all working because you are drop dead gorgeous, and you look. Like you are twenty you. years old, and I was like, "How yes. when I hey. heard three when I was, you know, back then?" <laughs> you know, the funny be- thing is, I'm getting that so often right now because people are like, "Wait a minute!" <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I know when you start, you started. I know how long you've been making records, and now I'm running into fans that are like, "Okay, hold up." Um, I used to listen to you when I was growing up. What is happening here? Right. How did <laughs> so I get all of this? That's really funny. That's what happened. You yeah. know, people are yeah. thinking. Yeah, you know, yeah I had a, a girl in the UK actually say that to me. Like, how is it that I look older than you now? Like, what is going on here? <laughs> like, hey, wow. mama's going to get from a mama. <laughs> really? Where's your Where's your favorite place overseas? Hmm. You know, it goes it goes back to my Pisces thing. I can't really nail that down. I've been asked that a million times over the years. And I can't say that I have one. I mean, there are just various places around the world I just love being. And, and I love traveling and experiencing different places or just being in a new environment or the same environment, you know, but moving from one to the other. So it's just okay. a different experience every time. And I think I thrive off that more so than just – Oh, I'm in Paris at this moment. I love being in Paris because I'm like, wow, it's just fucking Paris. It's like beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's French. I'm just eating it all up. I'm all in it. But at the same time, you know, I I can go to to L.A. and and have the same, you know, like, yes, I'm feeling this. I'm in it, loving it, you know, or go down south and be in New Orleans. And they're like, oh, the culture, you know, I'm feeling it. It's all up in me. I think that's the beauty of being a creative as well. You just kind of take it all in and enjoy, like, the process um, and being blessed to be able to, to sustain a living off of your art. Like that's crazy. That's absolutely bananas. Mm. Yeah. It's a, it's a blessing that a lot of people wish they were so fortunate to have been blessed with, but um, not everybody has it. You know, a lot of people wish they did and a lot of people think they do, but not everybody has it. And you have it. No, but it's really about finding finding your, you know, finding your lane and finding where you thrive. You know, maybe it might not be being a, a songwriter, but maybe it, you were meant to be a journalist or of, of some sort or uh, a talk show host, per se, or something like you know, it's it's a matter of finding your way and what your lane is. I mean, like, again, I stumbled into this career. I, I never set out the intention to specifically be a, a recording artist, you know, a DJ. Like, no one could have told me that many, many moons ago, that that would actually become a reality. It was like some fun, distant fantasy maybe, but it was nothing that I really thought that I could – step into in that way. I mean, I had never really heard my voice in the way that I heard it until I recorded, was in the studio actually recording It's Over Now for the first time, you know, the first time in the studio and and experiencing those kind of things. So you just never know. Like, I feel like where you're supposed to be, if you are doing the work 
somehow you're going to end up where you're supposed to be. You know, it's, it's, it's about that, just taking those steps, stepping into it, you know, totally on faith. Everything that I've done, I've stepped into on faith. I've been walking the, the balance, doing the balancing act, walking the high, the high rope for 30 years now, you know, without a net under me. And I've been living on faith the whole time because at any given moment, it could all go left. The music business is very tricky and very fair weather. So, um, yeah, you've got to have some balls to be in it to win it. Absolutely. Oh, that's a great, that's a great soundbite, um, to just the idea of, uh, walking in faith and, and your testimony to, um, that just that last piece that she said, Jay, that's a great soundbite and inspiration. Thank you Thank for you. that. Absolutely. And with that, um, please let us know when your new CD drops. We will be waiting for it. Good. And we will play it. And we will celebrate it because you are the bomb. And we appreciate <laughs> you spending time with us today. Thank you so very much. Absolutely. Thank you. And if you guys ever get to Deep Sugar at any of these occasions, you know, we do get around between New York and Miami and here in Baltimore. So we've got some upcoming Deep Sugar parties celebrating my birthday in March oh, and my 30 year anniversary. So, yeah. Dope, cool. dope, dope, dope. For sure, for sure. How can folks find you? Let's talk about some of your handles. Where are you? Oh, I'm always, I'm always present. I'm ever present, like the Borg. I am on uh, Facebook, obviously, like <laughs> Instagram. Um, I'm on Twitter. They're all under Alternate or Alternate Music. My website is alternate.com. Um, Deep Sugar is always going on. We have Deep Sugar, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as well. And the upcoming parties are the 16th, March 16th here in Baltimore will be my Space Odyssey birthday costume ball. Um, featuring the Basement Boys, since we will be celebrating my 30 years in the industry. Basement Boys, Teddy and Teddy Douglas and Tommy Davis will be spinning along with DJ Lisa Moody and myself. Um, and that should be fun because my parties have been notoriously like costume themed and people usually go all out and really get into the theme and have a great time. So that's on Saturday, March 16th. And then I head to Miami for Winter Music Conference 2019, Miami Music Week. And I'll be doing my birthday party at Number 3 Social on the rooftop in the Miami Windwood area on Wednesday, the 27th of March. And that will be myself along with JoJo Flores, Lisa Moody again, and Bruce Bizzle all DJing. And my live guest will be my sister, Joy Cartwell. Oh, and, uh, oh, I, can't, yeah. I forgot one. I'm in New York. If you guys can come to the New York party, we are um, Deep Sugar is at LeBain um, at okay. the Standard High Line on Saturday, March 23rd. We'll be at LeBain. That's what that sounds up. like a plan for sure. Yeah. Thank you so, so much that's again. Pretty much the rundown. Thank you, girls. I appreciate it. I love you. Thank you for the support continually. It means so much. Thank you. Thank and we love you. you back. And we're going to end this with free and, um, you know, because you're free to do what you want to do. <laughs> you better tell them. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Do it, baby. Do it. See you next time. Thank we you, out. love. I'm off to the gym. <laughs> She's dope.
She is dope. Let's do this. Rez, I'll talk to you later. Love you, man. All right, man. Love you back. Let's do this. Everybody, peace. Share the links. Share everything. And tell somebody about Brunch in the Basement with Javon and Therese. It won't play. <laughs>